welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Praise the Lord. Father, we're asking that for the remaining time, you would help us with your word by your spirit. Show us things we need to see. Quicken us on the inside. Grant us answers to questions, solutions to problems. Help us tonight to use our full potential in prayer. Lord, we come here tonight to hear from heaven, to worship you, and to also pray and to make a difference, to stop things that the devil's trying to do, to advance things that you're wanting to do. We're here, Lord, to yield to you, and we declare life-saving things will result from this meeting tonight with your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to John chapter 1. We went to the scripture last week, so we're talking tonight, again, some things we talked about last week, because we want to pray some things out tonight concerning knowing and doing the will of God. You know, one of the most interesting things is we don't have to do the will of God, and life can be okay. But how many think there's more than okay? There is abundant life, there is power, there's glory, there's miracles, there's things that God wants to do, and the more selective we are about how we use our time, our money, and our energy, the more effective we're going to be in seeing people delivered and set free, even our own lives. And so I want to talk a little bit more about this, and then we're going to pray these things out some more tonight. And we're going to talk about discerning the difference between the will of God and our will. The difference between the will of the flesh and our will. The difference between the will of the devil transforming himself like an angel of light, his will and God's will. We want to discern, we want to get clearer on this because I really believe if we're more selective, we'll be more effective. If we're more selective, we'll be more effective. And this is really what life's all about. You know, life's too short to do our own thing. We, we, we need to be looking to the Lord daily about his direction for our life. I don't know if you realize, but when, it looks, when you look up leading of the Lord's scriptures, like as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. It didn't say as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the pastors of God or they are the apostles of God. Every believer should be interested in being led by the Spirit and doing the perfect will of God. You'll find that phrase in the New Testament, the perfect will of God. Well, that means that there is a partial will of God that you can be in because the word perfect means complete or full. Well, if there's a full, there's a half full. And a lot of people, I mean a lot of people, are living in a partial will of God. They're doing some of the will of God, but there's still huge chunks of their life that they're really pretty much just doing what they want to do. Not even bad stuff, just not the perfect will of God. Are you listening, church? And, and you, don't, you don't have to you know, pursue the perfect will of God to go to heaven. You just got to be born again and believe in Jesus to go to heaven. But if you're interested in advancing God's purposes in the earth, if you're interested in seeing people supernaturally set free and on the road to heaven, then we're going to have to be a little more interested in the full will of God. 
And the greatest, the greatest thing you're going to have to watch out for when it comes to following God's plan for your life, the greatest thing you're going to have to watch out for is your own plans. Your own good plans. Everybody say good. Good. Good is good, but is it the perfect will of God? Now, I personally, and I haven't, I haven't gotten a calculator out, a spiritual calculator or anything on this, but if, you're, if you choose in purpose to make walking in love your greatest quest in life, I believe you're doing over half the will of God right there. Just by walking in love and treating people nice and being kind and not being selfish, you're walking into a, la- a large degree of the will of God just by walking in love. But there are assignments There are duties. There are orders. There are specific things the Lord wants us to do while we're walking in love. And it includes, and all this together uh, makes up the full will of God. Everybody say the full will of God. The Bible talks about the perfect or the complete, the full will of God, implying that there is a partial and there is a half full. If there's a full. So in uh, first John, I want, not first John, the book of John, chapter one, it says here in verse 12, but as many as received him, Jesus, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, or we could say born of the will of God. So we see here there's a, there's a couple wills going on. There's the will of the flesh. There's the will of man. And then there's the will of God. And James talks about this also in James chapter 1, about the, the, the will of God and versus the will of man. And so we got to realize there's other wills around us. Some are in us. we got to discern between our will the will of the flesh and the will of God. Now, last week, we also looked at the, that the devil has a will where the Bible says in Timothy, I think it's 2 Timothy, it says that the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, able to teach, patient, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will grant them repentance, to the acknowledging of the truth that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. So there's a will of the devil to bind you. There's a will of the devil to destroy and kill. There's a will of the devil. There's a will of the flesh. There's a will of man. And then there's the will of God. What should we be most interested in? The will of God. And it's... It takes some seeking. It takes some time to learn the difference in some of these areas because there's been times I've thought of good things. I wanted to do certain things. They were good. There was no sin involved with it. They were good things. But I found out later it wasn't the Lord's will for me to do that good thing at that time. Well, if the Lord doesn't want me to do this good thing at this time, he must want me to do something else that will get better results or help people more. I think we said last week, too, you have to watch out about just deciding what good things you're going to do for the Lord. That's different than doing the things he wants you to do. 
We have a lot of people today doing good things for the Lord that they want to do. That's a little different than doing what God wants you to do. It'll always be good, but you know, there's, there's a thousand good things we can do every day. How do we know which one we should do? Well, you have to pray. You're going to have to seek the Lord. You're going to have to know His general will. You're going to have to start listening to the Spirit of God for more specifics on the inside. So I wanted you to know there's different wills and you need to decipher between them so you know I want God's. God's will at times may be exactly what you want to do. Other times you might have to pray like Jesus. Lord, if this cup can pass, if this cup can pass for me, great. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you want me to do. There's times you might have to pray that. Just because it's fluffy and smooth and fun doesn't mean it's God's will. One time it could be, other time it may not be. So we have to keep inquiring of the Lord to make sure we're sensitive to His will for our lives. You know, there's some things, if, if we'll find a few things out in the Scriptures that we know are His will, that'll lead us into more uh, sensitivity to His specific full will if we'll just do the things we see in the Bible that are His will. One of the things we should do is no matter what we're doing, walk in love. Treat people right. Be patient. Don't be selfish. Don't be haughty, right? These things are all about love. But another, let's just think of another thing. What's another thing we know is the will of God for us to do? We're doing it right now. What's it called? Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. We are doing the will of God by assembling together tonight. Isn't that good to know you're doing the will of God? Yes. That's another thing that's the will of God. Now we also know the will of God can include being a helper in the church. We call them volunteers, but I don't think there's any such thing in God's eyes. We, yes, we're doing it without a demand of money in return, but really anything you do for the Lord, He said He'd personally repay you for. So make sure you're checking your spiritual mailboxes for your work in the church because I'm telling you, there's good things in there. Um, another, what's another thing the Lord tells us to do? He tells us, well, just a lot of us work here. A lot of us have, have employers over us. The Bible says to respect your employers. Respect them, even if they're not saved. The Bible says respect them, do good on the job, have integrity, work hard, be a blessing as unto the Lord. That's the will of God. What's that, what else is the will of God? Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. That's the will of God. You don't really have to pray if you should do that or not. We've already got scripture that says to do that. And what does it say about wives? Wives, of course, love your husbands, but also submit yourselves to them as unto the Lord. You know, as they're, as they're leading a godly example, follow them. Don't buck it. And if you want, call your husband Lord. <laughs> Small L, of course. We have a scripture for that, by the way. I'm not kidding. But just be nice. Just be nice and walk in love and everything's going to be all right. You know, wives would not have a hard time submitting to their husbands if their husbands were loving them as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Right? Let's say it again. Wives would not have a hard time flowing with the vision of the family that the husband may be tapping into if the husbands were loving their wives as Christ loved the church. And gave himself for it. Now turn with me to Hebrews 8. I wanted to 
share something with you. I got in my devotion time. You know, before I read my chapter in the morning, which I'm trusting everybody in the church is reading their chapter Monday through Friday with the church in its Bible reading plan. Um, the Lord spoke this to me, and I thought this was really good because I, I've been really thinking a lot about the perfect will of God and about you know, the specifics of the will of God and making sure that I'm not just halfway in and halfway out. In Hebrews 8, I wanted you to see here. Now, Paul is talking about Moses and how Moses was called of God to build a tabernacle for the dwelling of God in the earth realm. And God said, now Moses, I'm going to have you build a tabernacle for me uh, so the children of Israel can have my presence with them on the earth. And he said, but I'm going to, ask, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't want you building it the way you think it should be built. I am going to tell you exactly how to build the tabernacle. And it's interesting because I'm sure Moses got to the point at times saying, you know, God, uh, that curtain, I don't know if it should be that thick. How about we just bring it down to one inch thick or maybe we uh, tweak the color just a little bit. One thing, one of the coolest things about Moses and why he's called such a faithful man and such an honorable man in the Bible is because he did exactly what the Lord wanted him to do. He didn't add his two cents in the building of the tabernacle. Now, he messed up in another area later concerning smiting the rock twice, but he, he was, his Bible says he was faithful in all his house. And then he refers, the Bible refers Jesus and Moses were similar in this area. So that's pretty high honor right there. But in chapter 8, look at verse 6. Oh, actually, verse 3. I'm sorry, not verse 6. Verse 3. Uh, the Bible says every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it's of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer, speaking of the Lord. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. Look at verse 5. Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. Uh, all right, stop right there. What's he talking about? There are things in heaven God wants replicated on the earth to the T. There are things about our lives, our callings, our church. There's things he wants replicated on the earth to the T. And right here it's called shadow of heavenly things. As Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle, foresee, says God, that you make all things according to the pattern showed you in the mount. So what's God saying? Be very selective. Don't you add your will into this. Don't you add your desires, your taste into this. Don't go, go, go asking Aaron or Miriam or anybody else. You do this the way I'm showing you in the mount because this is the way heaven wants it done. Now, if you really want full blessing, full power, and full glory, just do everything the Lord wants you to do. Because all that He wants you to do, listen very closely, all that He wants you to do is already packed with blessings. You won't even have to pray for a lot of stuff if you are tapping into and doing the full will of God because it just comes with the package. How many know if you want everything God has for you? You know, not just makes, makes you feel good. How many know if you want everything that God has for you, you know, correction, direction, assignments that maybe mess up your schedule once in a while? If you want everything God has for you, 
Well, healing and prosperity just comes with the package. You won't, have, you won't be having to pray for a lot of things a lot of people are praying about who are not in the will of God because it just comes with the full will of God. And if that's what you want, get ready for not just what he wants you to do, but get ready for everything you need to do it. Oh, did you hear that, church? Yes. Listen closely. If you're wanting to do the full will of God, get ready for more prosperity than you've ever prayed for and seen in your life because doing his will will take a lot of prosperity. Doing His will takes a lot of healing and strength. Doing, and if you're, if you're most interested in discerning and doing the will of God, get ready for everything you need to do it. And some bonuses and perks, I'm sure, because God's an amazing employer. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. You know why God can't turn up certain influences and certain power and, and, and extra prosperity in some people's lives? Because he knows it's going to pull them away from church. They're going to love those things more than him. They're not going to be serving like they used to. It's going to actually pull them away from their commitment to God as opposed to propel them deeper in their commitment to God. So he can't do that or he'd be partner to them getting off. But if you're hungry and you want to do the perfect will of God and you want to know it and do it all the days of your life, get ready for anything you need and some bonuses and perks. Because he takes great care of his servants. Hmm? It reminds me of a scripture. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yes, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. All right. You don't have to be a pastor to be a servant of God. You don't have to be a preacher to be a servant of God. God needs people everywhere influencing people for the Lord everywhere we go. So no notice, the Lord told him, make everything according to the heavenly things I showed you on the mount and do it exactly according to the pattern I showed you in the mount, which was how heaven had it done. Now, I want you to look at Exodus 40. And I think we went to this last week at the end, but I wanted to expound on this just a little bit more. This is what the Lord showed me in that devotion time, that there is something about doing things exactly the way the Lord wants us to as opposed to partially or mixing our genius with it, like maybe we know more than the Lord. <laughs> so look here in Exodus 40. They just got done building the tabernacle. Look at verse 33. And it says, Moses reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses what? Finished the work. But we need to remember, he finished it exactly the way the Lord told him to do it. What happens when we get more selective? What happens when we get more specific about doing the will of God and seeking his face instead of just going on feelings or impulse? What happens? Well, look at the next verse. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation. Why? Because God can fully approve of and bless what we do when what we're doing is exactly what he told us to do. If this church wants to see the glory of God in services, miracles, appearances of angels, the Shekinah glory cloud of God, if we want to see these supernatural things that take us out of this natural realm, then you need to be praying for leadership and we need to be praying for leadership and we need to be believing God that we are hearing and doing exactly 
what the Lord Jesus wants us to do. Because when we finish things he tells us to do, the way he told us to do them, what can we expect? Manifested glory in and on what we just finished for the Lord. I believe this whole building project, getting it paid off, is a, is a project and a job the Lord had all of us to do. And when that building's paid off, I'm expecting things to start expanding in our personal lives, health, strength, prosperity, peace, joy, marriage, blessings. I, I mean, when we finish something the Lord told us to do, get ready for some glory. Put it back on the screen. Let's read the rest of that verse. It said the cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You want to see something really cool? Read the next verse. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Oh, guys, you know, we can pray and pray and pray and pray and pray for miracles and pray for revival and pray for glory. How about we just do exactly what he tells us to do and the glory will hit? Yeah. See, sometimes we, we use prayer as a, well, I'll pray, but I don't want to do what he tells me to do. I'll pray, you know, but I don't want to do what he, I mean, I'll pray. I'll, I'll keep praying. I'll keep praying. But we need, if we really want to see the glory, we need to be very interested in doing exactly what he wants us to do as a church, our part in the church, and beyond church. Yeah. Beyond the building, I should say, because we're always the church everywhere we go. Oh, guys, did you see this? We can pray for revival and pray for revival and pray for the glory and pray for the glory and pray for the glory. But until we find out what heaven is telling us and until we start doing exactly what he's telling us, it's still going to be a lot of prayer and a lot of prayer and very little results. Thank you for those zero amens, but I'm going to keep preaching. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give up. First John 2, and then we've got to start praying tonight. Well, let me quote First John 2. Why don't you guys turn to um, turn to uh, Colossians 4. First John 2 says this. All that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the Bible says, the world passes away and the lust thereof. The world passes away and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God, who that, he that does what? He that does the will of God will abide forever. The, when we do the will of God on this earth, Everything we do will be talked about forever. Everything we do will last forever. So much of what people are doing right now on the earth, so much of what they're spending money on, so much of what they're pursuing is going to be passed away. It's going to be gone forever. Never even remembered. The things that are going to be remembered are the things we did for God that he led us or told us to do. These things are eternal. <clears throat> How many of you want something to talk about when you get to heaven? <laughs> well, what we do for the Lord, what we do for his church when he tells us to do it, what, he, what we do for other people when he tells us to do it, these are the only things that are going to last forever. Everything else is going to pass away. Yeah. The world passes away, but he that does the will of God abides forever. That's powerful. Yeah. So in Colossians 4, Colossians 4, 
Let me show you this here, and then we'll go to a, a scripture, and we'll start praying. Uh, we'll actually pray the scriptures. Colossians 4, and this is uh, enlightening. And I want you to know I pray this prayer for you and myself. In verse 12 and 13, Epaphras, another good name for your kid, if you're going to have a kid. Epaphras, who is one of you, Colossians, a servant of Christ, salutes you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. What's he praying? What's so important that he's praying day and night? What's so important that he's doing this, all this praying? That you, Church of Colossae, or Grand Junction, that you may stand perfect, there's that word again, and complete in What's the next word? All. Say it again. All. What's that word? All. Why say all? Because there's a partial. He didn't say that you may stand perfect and complete in the will of God. He said that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. I submit unto you a big, big problem in Christianity and in churchianity today is that people are only in a small degree of the will of God. And I'm not saying anybody in this room, you may be doing great, but I'm telling you, worldwide or whatever, it just seems like a lot of the church is not that interested in the perfect will of God. They got their ticket to heaven and looking forward to seeing Jesus and they're going to, you know, but they're not that interested in, in doing great things for him until they get there. And I think one of the big reasons is because they're missing a piece of the will of God explained in Ephesians 5. And that is, let me quote it to you. Don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be filled with the Spirit. Next verse is be filled with the Spirit. Being filled with and maintaining a spirit-filled life is a huge part of doing the will of God. I said, being filled with the Spirit is a huge part of doing the will of God. Epaphras said he was praying that people would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. I think the words laboring fervently is something we need to understand, especially when it comes to prayer, because he was not just, he was getting into this. He was letting the Spirit of God pray through him. He was letting, he was availing himself to actually feeling the burdens on other people, sensing their, their hopelessness, sensing that uh, the church needed to grow, and if they didn't, these things might not happen properly, or people might not get delivered. He was laboring like giving birth. He was hurting. He was in pain in prayer. And I submit unto this generation Without this kind of praying, we will miss the great move of God that the Lord's wanting to pour out on this planet. If we're not willing to avail ourselves to a little bit of uncomfortableness, we're not going to see the depth of the revival that this world so desperately needs right now. So many people don't even understand this type of prayer where there's actually a groaning and a laboring I'm not, I, don't want to, I don't want to hurt. How about for somebody else? It's actually the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Fulfilling the law of Christ in, in includes some suffering in the area of praying and, and interceding and standing the gap and rebuking the devil for people who don't know how to and is a very important part of prayer. We'll talk about that some more some other time, the, the powerful prayer of intercession, but... 
um, for tonight. I think we've got a, a good go on it here. If you remember in Matthew 6, church, that the whole, the, what we call the Lord's Prayer, it all starts off with, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If we'll get that part down, we will eliminate a ton of other prayers that we will not have to pray because if we want the full will of God, a lot of these things are just showing up in our life because we want his full will. Praise the Lord. We're going to pray that these things become clear to our church and people beyond our church, that it overflows from our church out into our valley and beyond. Um, again, the number, probably the number one greatest opposition to following God's plan for our life is our plans. We have to make sure that our plans... You say, well, Pastor, I went through four years of college and eight years of college to pursue this career. I know, and things are really pulling on you. Just make sure before you... Before you go that direction and the cement dries, just make sure. Because let's say you did miss it. Let's say some people did miss it. Well, you can still go on. God will help you. Paul gave up all kinds of education. Right. I mean, some of the best education in the world at that time. Years and years of studying certain things at Gamaliel's feet and other people that were just amazing teachers and preachers of that day. And Paul said, I gave it all up. Because I realized after a certain amount of years... This was not God's perfect plan for my life, to be a well-educated, heady, high-minded Pharisee or whatever. He said that God had a different plan for my life. And when that plan came his way, he had enough sense to let go of everything he learned, all the scholarships and everything else that was in his life, and he went God's way. How many think it's a good thing he did? Amen. We read his scriptures every week here at the church, right, that he wrote, that God wrote through him. And it's sometimes you have to go, you know what? Now, I'm not saying education is wrong. God will lead people to go to college. He'll lead people to go to higher learning. He will lead because he needs people in every area. But if the call to preach or the call to be a full-time minister hits you after four, five, six, seven, eight years of higher education, I would encourage you, go with the call of God. And he'll even somehow make the education work for, in, in the positive for the ministry you're called into and you'll be able to reach people if you hadn't gotten that college education or whatever. So... But the Lord needs architects, needs lawyers, needs engineers, he needs all kinds of people. Administrators, business managers, he needs them. And so just make sure you're checking everything out with the Lord before the cement gets too dry. Because some people, they're, they're, they're strapped into a cement mold and it's hard to get out. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 